o'clock here on the First Cut Podcast. It's Monday morning after the Open Championship, the 147th Open Championship. Uh, and, I mean, we are just now sort of piecing together uh, what was potentially um, one of the best the final rounds of a major that we might see in our lifetimes. Um, you know, I saw a friend of the podcast, Brendan Porath, uh, throughout the 2011 Masters in terms of the how fast paced it was, and you know, you everywhere you were turning. Kyle, we had at one point a six way tie for first place. We had Tiger Woods in the solo lead over Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy. The the major winners were everywhere. Like the is it can is it possible for us to? Uh, look at the Open as a whole, or, or do you think that we need to start with Sunday? Because it felt like it was its own major championship just in, within one round. Yeah, Sundays are uh, Sundays are different. I, I've I've told people this, like when you're at an event and it's it's Sunday, like it, it just it's not the same as the rest of the event. It, and it, and it's it's hard to explain because you're like, well, it's the same course and it's the same players and whatever. But everything just feels so different. It just there's just like a heaviness to it. And I gotta be honest, there was like a 90 minute stretch on Sunday where I just had I was just I was home by myself. I just had my you know the uh, Elmo gif with the fire in the background. Yes, that was me at home. Just two arms in the air and just flames (laughs) engulfing everything behind you. (laughs) Pretty much, that's what it felt like because. It, and it's so it's so hard to like grasp everything in the moment because it's happening so fast and right. we're working we're we're trying to take notes and and trying to run the live blog and grab posts and figure out what we're gonna write and all this different stuff. That final the the final like three hours of that was insanity. I mean, Tiger led a major late on a Sunday. In 2018, Tiger Woods. Yeah, that that happened for a while, and then Rory and Spieth led it with like an hour, hour and a half left, along with some other guys, and then Justin Rose almost. I mean, there was just so many different things that happened, and and we've seen this at a handful of majors where you're like, wow, uh, you know, Ricky Ricky Fowler making a snowman on the sixth hole was like the hundredth craziest thing that happened on the weekend. And in a lot of other majors, that would have been one of the a, a huge deal. But there was just so many huge names doing so many crazy things. And I it just and I, I think the open might be my favorite major. That's definitely overreaction Monday. Right, um, right, right. But I just I think there's a case to be I mean it I think it's it's either the Open or the Masters is the best uh, event in golf, and I I just the Open has just like we talk. I wrote this on for Monday, but just like we talk about how you got to look at the body of work, you got to look what's the evidence of a player's career. You know, we can talk about how good they are, but how many tournaments? How many tournaments did you did you win? How many top tens did you have at majors? We got to look at the body of work for these events as well. In the last six years, I mean, I've covered six Opens now. Every one of them has been awesome for different reasons, and Sunday was no different. Yeah, the um, the the ups and downs, and and it reminded me so much that there is no there is no single individual figure in all of sport that is going to to cause the kind of ripple effect. Um, you know, I I cover uh, college football, also I cover college basketball. I'm a general sports fan, and it it did not matter. 
uh, what even even outside of sports, like it did not matter what corner of the world you were in, uh, everyone was racing to say the exact same thing. Like it's you know how sometimes it's, we're in media day season right now. You know how it's frustrating when uh, a, a single coach's quote gets uh, shared by you know twenty people in a row. See, I was yeah. I was having the opposite effect where instead of being frustrated, it was just part of this meltdown celebration. Uh, just watching Tiger Woods because, you know, Francesca, first of all, uh, here at minute 430, congratulations to Francesco Molinari, um, <laughs> the, uh, the only player to go uh, bogey free on an ab- on a day where, uh, like I was watching the leaderboard uh, on the open site with the, the hole by hole version of it. And you just kept seeing the blue squares, you know, you kept seeing all the, all the bogeys rack up and yeah. uh, for a long time, grinding out pars looked like what it was going to take to win. And that's exactly what Tiger Woods is doing. And then he finally starts to get, uh, he finally gets a birdie. He finally gets a hold of that lead. And, and I just, there were just so many moments. I was like, this Twitter's going to break, you know, and and not just Twitter, but just, you knew that sports fans all over uh, the country were just, uh, eating their lunch and screaming and and every uh, he was dialed in uh, the recoil from the from the sand trap on 10 or 11 10 yeah, yeah on 10. 10 like the the idea that Tiger Woods was was standing on the back on the tee on the back nine in the lead but then did not convert uh it did are you going to take the Jordan Spieth comment that's being used a lot? Jordan Spieth uh, mentioned that uh, Tiger Woods has not led um, has not led a major championship on a Sunday in a while, and you know Jordan Spieth, who has had many leads uh, on the Sundays in major championships, you know, sort of mentioned, it, which was funny because we always talk about him having the old soul for the twenty four year old, but he mentioned it's it's hard to be able to have that. Uh, that kind of conversion rate or to be able to win a major. So do you think that Tiger Woods is a, is going to have to relearn how to win major championships on Sunday? And then B, if so, like, do you, do you feel like this was a big step in the direction of him getting back there? Yeah. You know, I, I talked about this on HQ over the weekend, but the questions that we've always asked of Tiger have have always been contextualized within like major championships and so everything that we've ever asked of him and especially over the last five years has always been sort of within the boundaries of like what happens at a major and I think he answered a lot of those questions this week I mean finishing top 10 at Carnoustie in this field and holding the solo lead on a Sunday that's that's a big deal you know it's it's different than uh, the Valspar or the Arnold Palmer, like we saw him, you know, be near the lead there and he's battling Paul Casey, you know, whatever. Uh, but this was a big deal and he looked, he looked awesome on the front nine. And then he went to the back and I just had this feeling, I think I messaged you or put it in our Slack or something. No, yeah. You sent me I a shot- message. He doesn't have the goods. Yeah. I, did, I didn't think he had it. And, you know, I think this goes back for me to, um, what I talked about, I think we talked about it last week of everything gets sort of overlooked because of the injuries, but there were times, and this is, I got to credit, uh, Kevin Van Valkenburg of ESPN for bringing this up. Uh, we talked about it or we've talked about it multiple times, but even like 
from so Y E Yang beat him at the 09 PGA at Hazeltine. From then on, there there were moments that he had at majors where he was uh, flirting with the lead or in the lead on a Sunday or whatever, and he didn't close. We saw it at the uh, at the 13 Open, right? When when Mickelson shot 66 at Muirfield, Tiger didn't play very well on Sunday, and I think a lot of this. So I think there are two things going on. One is I think I think there's some real. Um, I, mental issues that that's not a great terminology. Um, but just mentally, I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's infallible anymore. And I don't think he thinks he's infallible. Uh, and so I think when you go to the back nine and, and you don't, I mean, these guys struggle with confidence. They all do. Rory has been so open about things like that. And I think, uh, Tiger's not open about it. So we don't think he struggles with it, but I, th- I think it's there. Yeah. And I think the other thing is uh, being 42 years old. I mean, how many times have we seen it with Phil over the last three or four years where he gets to the end of a tournament, like the the final round or the last nine holes, and he's just he's just toast, like mentally and physically exhausted. It's just so much harder to do for whatever reason. I'm 33 years old, so I don't know why necessarily. But when you're 42, when you're 48 – against uh, somebody like uh, Rory, who's 29, Spieth, who's 24. They just have more in the tank mentally and physically. That's just a reality. And so um, all that to say, like, I think, and Rory said this after his round, I think Tiger's going to be a real threat at majors because I think that I think that playing that well at an open gave him a lot of confidence at future majors. It was his first top 10 in five years at a a major. Uh, But I also think that he's not, he, he's not going to close, but not for the reasons that we think. I don't think it's necessarily because he's uh, not sharp enough or still struggling with injuries. I think it's because he's mentally um, less than he used to be. And because he's 42 years old. So, and it's so like, maybe he maybe he wins another major, but I think those two things are real issues going forward. So you could say like it, you know, uh, the, the, the back, I feel like, I feel like in the last couple of years, we've done a good job of putting away, uh, is Miami back and is uh tiger back. Like the answers to both in, in a way are yes, but it's like, yes, but it's different. Like, uh, is tiger back? Is tiger back to competing in major championships? Yes, we saw that, but is, is Tiger back to uh, 32-year-old Tiger or 26-year-old Tiger? No, because he's 42 years old. So yeah. he, he is back in that he is uh, in a spot to be able to win major championships against the best players in the world, regardless of age, on a Sunday. But to to think that he's going to be able to recapture something that Father Time has taken from him is just... And again, I, I love that you've been able to get me on this track of... It is, I, I don't have, uh, I don't have a lot of doubts about the health right now. And, you know, and I'm, I'm not necessarily considering the injuries, which, you know, might be my own uh, fault because who knows at any time when something could get tweaked and then all of a sudden all this goes out the window. But right now, the Tiger Woods that we saw at the Open Championship uh, was back. He just wasn't. Like he was doing everything you would want him to do. It was just mistakes. Like it was just mistakes. And on a day like yeah. that at Carnoustie where everyone was making mistakes except for Francesco Molinari, like those, 
you know, three or four bad mistakes were what ended up costing him the championship. I was watching uh, <clears throat> Get Out of what, what's the uh, what's the Rose or what's the show with Jalen Rose on ESPN? Get up, get, get up. out, and get some. Get up. No, it's get up. Yeah, get up. <laughs> Whatever. It was on at the gym, and they they the question at the bottom was, "Will Tiger ever win again?" And that's what they were discussing. I, I wasn't listening, but it was on this morning and I was so, I was so annoyed by it. So frustrated by it. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, man, I wish I had a, like a, a platform to like talk about this because this frustrates me. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, oh yeah, I do. And I'm going to be on it in like three hours. Uh, the question, will Tiger ever winning? I, I, it's just, it's just a, I, I get why you're asking it, but it's not the right question. I think the question to me especially after this weekend and what he did was uh, or is, does it, does it even matter if he ever wins again? And I, I don't, I don't know if it does. Like, I just think that, I mean, obviously it matters to him. It matters to people close to him. Um, it, it I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I like asking questions that I don't know the answer to because I, I like to think about them and consider them and try to figure them out. Uh, and I don't know if it matters to me that he ever wins again because he just provides, he provides such a great, um, background to, to, to draw this on. I mean, it's such like the backdrop of tiger at Carnoustie for, I mean, and Rory said this after his round, he's like, my mindset as I saw tiger in the lead was I want to spoil the party. Tiger's the backdrop. Tiger, Tiger's the backdrop of the whole thing. Mm. And to me, that is that is super interesting. And I'm so glad for it because it just um, – do I get tired of covering Tiger? Yeah, like it gets old. But it gives you such a good context uh, for the entire event, uh, the entire season, and for other guys' careers. It, it just makes everything a lot more interesting. Do you know what I do? Uh, will Tiger Woods win again? Yes. And you know what? And come come find me. Like come come look for me in the world when it's all said and done and you can tell me I'm wrong because otherwise I'm right and we're all happy. And then, then like but that's yeah. always that's always what I like to do is like will, will Tiger win again? Yes. Why? Because I I think he's awesome. I think he's one like a legendary like all-time talent and if things break the right way then he's going to finish a Sunday on the top of the leaderboard, and he's going to keep trying uh, until his body finally gives out. And you know, again, like if if you want to tell me I'm wrong, come find me. Like s- s- tweet me and tell me, ha ha ha, you were wrong because I everything that I've seen says Tiger Woods can win again. Can Tiger win a major? Sure, Tiger Woods. Yeah, Tiger Woods can win a major. Now I that's and then I like to say yes, and then advance to some of the things that you were saying. It was like, but. You know, here's here's where we were. Um, like I I loved, and then, and of course Tiger's gonna name drop, and of course I might be just a sucker who's uh, taking the bait. But man, him him name dropping Serena in the post round press conference, talking about perspective. He's like, I uh, I talked to Serena. You know, she just <laughs> run her up at Wimbledon, and she talked a lot about perspective. And I was like, ah oh, man, that's awesome. 
because I, w- I was watching uh, the Serena Wimbledon run like every single match and I was I was going crazy I was rooting for it and then she got to the final and she just didn't have it and that and I do see some parallels to um, you know where like so there was so much to take away to be encouraged by by you know the the greatest tennis player greatest American tennis player of all time being able to have this incredible moment but um you know, then also not being able to take it all the way to the storybook finish kind of, fe- I do see the way that it kind of felt this felt kind of the same with Tiger at Carnoustie. Yeah, it is weird because Tiger, it, Tiger's both competing in the event. Like he's an individual in the event, but he's also looming so large over it. that He's almost outside of it as well. It's, it's a really like, I, I don't know if I'm describing that very well, but it's a really strange thing to consume um, because he's such a, he's such a legendary figure, but he's also still relative. Uh, so it's, it, he, it's almost like he's got one foot in both worlds. You said this earlier in the year, like, is he just going to be a, a side like, show. A, like a, yeah, like just like a appearance guy, like he just makes appearances and whatever. But I mean, obviously he's not, but he still kind of is like, it, it's a very, uh, like purgatorial state of his career uh, because in 10 years he, he will be that guy, but he's not yet. And so it, it, it's, it's just difficult to, it's difficult to know how to consume all of it uh, and, and how, but, it, but it was, but it's also, it's incredibly exciting. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable that he was, Oh, I mean, it's one thing to like lead a tournament on a Thursday or Friday or whatever, and people get fired up and, you know, people are out of their minds and it's like, okay, there's, there's a lot of golf left and there's, there's still a lot of golf on the back nine on a Sunday at a major, but to lead at that point, that's, that's a real thing. And, uh, but yeah, he just didn't, he didn't have it on the back nine Two two bad shots. And to me, that was, that said a lot about, uh, Carnoustie. I mean, what a, what a great course, I know. you know, like so what a, fun. what a cool, yeah, and and like you hit two bad shots, and all of a sudden you're three over through two holes. I mean, he hit zero bad shots up to that point, and his short game was good, and he's making putts, and then two bad shots, and you're three over, and it's like, well, you know, it just it demand that course demands so much of you, even in easier conditions. It demands so much consistency and focus for seventy two holes, and it just felt like I tweeted this, but it felt like winning on Sunday should have been worth like two and a half majors. I mean, that that's how, uh, I, I just can't imagine going through that gauntlet f- mentally and physically and just getting to the end. I, I, I don't even know how you would have anything left, you know? Um, so yeah, I thought Carnoustie was phenomenal. Everyone's climbing to the top of the mountain and like every one by one, everyone starts falling or slipping or losing their breath. And, and it was only the 35-year-old Italian, Francesco Molinari, who was able to make it all the way to the top. Uh, the, the smooth swinging Molinari has had a hell of a year. Uh, European yeah. Tour, BMW, PGA Championship, um, then wins the Quicken Loans and the Open Championship. You know, Wesley Bryan shared the Molinari retirement plan, which he concocted in October of retiring in two and a half years. Yeah, that was all before uh, what seems to be, you ready for it? A renaissance of some of his mm. best golf that he's going to have. Mm. Uh, I like 
I'm not surprised that Francesco Molinari um, was a, a player who was going to be able to have this moment at this course. Did you, is it like in a, coming into the week, if I told you Francesco Molinari was going to win, you probably wouldn't have said it was crazy, right? No, I, you know, I, I struggled. I think I included him at the bottom of my top 25 to win uh, just because his, I think his record at the open wasn't necessarily great. No, it wasn't. And it's, it's hard to reconcile uh, a guy having a really like, it's almost Jimmy Walker, like, like this sort of end of your career, not end of your career, but towards the latter stages of your career, winning a major uh, and, and having, you know, obviously like the best season of his life. Uh, it's, you know, we talk about this sort of trajectory for guys and it, I, I, in my head, it's always 10 years. Like you get to the end of 10 years, that's when you should be playing your best golf. But for some guys it's shorter. And I think that's easy to understand. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, we talk about that, but for some guys it's longer for whatever reason, guys like Jimmy Walker, guys like, uh, Francesco Molinari. Uh, I'm trying to think of another example. I, uh, Sergio in some Sergio is kind of both like he's sort of run both ends of the spectrum right but I just think it's it's um it's harder to know what to do with guys who are having that type of season at the toward the end of their career rather than in the middle of it or at the beginning uh but man he was I talked about consistency and focus I mean the metronome, every green, just 26 of 36 greens on the weekend gets up and down, you know, the 10, the 10 times that he didn't hit the green. He, he was, uh, he was awesome. And was he the guy that like I wanted to write about and was like rooting for down the stretch? Probably not, but, uh, he deserved it, you know? And, uh, He's he. I think I said this a couple weeks ago when he won Tiger's tournament. He's the most underrated ball striker in the world. And, and I was I was I was glad to see. And we see this a lot at opens and at most majors. But the ball strikers rise to the top. I mean, I had a conversation with with Andy over at the Friday. He's like, this was after the first or second round, and he was like, this course is is awesome because it demands so much risk with your ball striking and you see guys who are great. I mean, that's what we want, right? Like we want the, the best ball strikers in the world to win, to win the majors. And people might not think of Molinari like that, but he certainly is. And the short game was, was, was really good and, and certainly good enough to win, uh, to win an open. I think that if you had told me Molinari was going to win the open, uh, I would have believed it more than if you had told me that he was going to beat that leaderboard that yeah. uh, like it was, uh, that that was the thing that stood out to me was that when we go back and look, uh, like when, when we're pulling up old open leaderboards for uh, the futuristic podcast of, uh, you know, like I guess we'll just have chips inside of our brains and we'll just be sitting in pods talking to each other. That'll be the future <laughs> podcast. But like as we're pulling up old opens to reference them, we'll be like, oh my gosh, that's right. And do you remember in 18 when it was it was Rory it was Spieth, it was Tiger, and Molinari won. Man, like that—that that is the kind of thing where I—I th- I think that it is the the great crowning achievement of his career that he, he'll be able to cruise on forever. Like he's—he's he's not going to have to use a coffee shop Wi-Fi 
after uh, after this at all. Like, like well, and, go ahead. Yeah, well, he said after the BMW PGA where he beat Rory also, uh, you know, if I had to pick one to win, it would be this one. And that lasted all of two months because <laughs> because now I'm I'm guessing if he had to pick one to win it would it would be um, it would be the open. I want to explain real quick what I mean by like the the best ball strikers thing. I, I thought this was apparent on so number eight par three. Um, there's a there's a there's a bunker like front right at that hole, and the RNA tucked the pin on a couple of days like next to or, or beyond that bunker. And what that allows you to do is the best ball strikers can try and take the risk to take on that pin. And if they hit it close, they can make birdie. And the guys who aren't as good at ball strikers will leave it in that bunker. And then all of a sudden you get a two shot swing between the best ball strikers and not the best ball strikers. And so that's sort of the, the risk reward that I'm talking about when I talk about the best, the best, the guys that are the best ball strikers like Molinari. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I, I, I thought, uh, the shot of the round for him, I think it was on 17 when, uh, I think there's a bunker on the front, but he just, he landed it like just beyond on top of the hill and it just rolled down the hill, like in a perfect position to be able to knock down the birdie putt. Yeah. And, and this is what, this is what pisses off the European team, like at the Ryder cup, like Justin Rose talked about this at Hazeltine. So you just put all the pins in the middle of the green. It, it, it reduces the advantage that guys like Rory and Rose and Sergio have because those guys aren't as good as good of a putter or they aren't as good putters as Phil and Spieth and Ricky. And so you're, you're, you're neutralizing uh, what I think is the most important and they think is the most important skill in golf, which is iron play and, and being able to, to work the ball and, and take on difficult pins. And so I just thought the course setup was, uh, I mean, how many different, how many different courses did the guys play last week? They played it fast and firm. They played it rainy. They played it windy. They played it soft. It, it was just, I thought it was an awesome uh, week of course setups and different styles of play. And it, it was just, it was very demanding mm-hmm. in a lot of, in a lot of different ways. And you had to hit drivers someday off the tee. You could drive number one. Then other days you had to hit irons and avoid bunkers uh, with your irons off the tee. Uh, you had to. Some days you were taking on pins. Some days you had to, you know, leave your miss in the right spot. I mean, it, I just, it was awesome. And maybe my eyes are just being open more to like course architecture type stuff. I'm not, I, I, I'm not very steeped in it, but I'm getting to know it a little bit better. And I thought that Carnoustie was just so much fun to watch. Um, just just the complexities of of guys trying to solve it at the highest level. Well, chances are that you're not trying to solve Carnoustie. Uh, wherever your local track is, be it the local country club or the public muni, uh, you probably are trying to shave some strokes off your score. And one way that you can do that and have a ton of fun is at Topgolf. If you go to topgolf.com slash lessons, then you can book a lesson with a certified instructor who will help you be able to focus on parts of your game so that you can improve your score. So you can... Sip, swing, 
share, have tons of fun, and you can participate in all of the amenities that you find at Top Golf while also getting better at golf. Go to topgolf.com/lessons and book a lesson today. Once again, that is topgolf.com/lessons to book a lesson with one of Top Golf's certified instructors today. Am I too much of a Jordan Spieth fanboy or am I blinded by his success or am I too excited by uh too excited by watching him at an open championship because to, to if if you were to go back and pull up our Slack workroom conversations, I was very confident going into Sunday that Jordan Spieth was about to win the championship. I was <laughs> I, I was so too. confident. <laughs> and like the the way that things changed and then, you know, the 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 Tiger and the Rory and, and you know, everything that we talked about at the beginning of the show about the 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 way Sunday played out, I felt like I was able to forget about Jordan Spieth very quickly, forget about how wrong I was, yeah. and instead sort of take on uh, just an unbelievable day and afternoon of golf. But now as I come back to revisit it, I you know, there's there's kind of wrestling with uh, two different things for me. Number one, you know what? Why was I? Why was I so quick uh, to think that everything was all all gravy based on everything we had seen this year? Um, and then number two, Jordan Spieth's own comments, which are like he was really upbeat, you know, and and he talked about his own confidence and and how this season's been really tough for him, and just even even playing that level, being able to reach that level at this championship uh, seemed to give him uh, a much brighter view of the way things could be for him the rest of the season. So it doesn't sound like it's a disappointment for him. Uh, but if you are, if, if you went all in on, on speed, then, you know, maybe this looks like an opportunity missed. You know, how, how do you balance the, the positive, like, Oh, look at all these good things we can take from it and spend moving forward with the idea. And let me go back to the Kyle Porter conversion rate theory that this was a missed opportunity. Yeah. The speed thing, I was confident too. I thought it was weird that like he seemed more disappointed by not shooting 62 at Augusta to, to get into a playoff than he did by not shooting 71 at Carnoustie to win outright. Didn't he win? Yes. He just had to shoot even par. Yeah. And that's what he does. I mean, that's like his, it's the tiger playbook. Um, I don't, I don't know. It was Sunday was weird. I mean, Sunday was sort of a microcosm of his season. Like he, he missed short putts and, uh, just made silly mistakes that, that led to, to bogeys and, and to a double. Uh, but it was a short game to me that, you know, I honestly, I didn't see a ton of his round because there was a lot of tiger going on, a lot of Rory going on, a lot of Justin Rose going on. But the times that I saw him, he was just missing a lot of putts, which has been, uh, obviously, the story of his season. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. He, it felt like he was so in control over the first two or three days. And we were joking about how, so Fowler said this on, uh, on golf cha- or on NBC or whatever, whatever channel it was on about how like Spieth is the messy one at the house they were staying in. Like he, he, like his stuff is always just everywhere, but he always knows where it is. And I was like, well, that's a pretty good description of his game, of his, right, right. the way he plays golf as right. well. And then on Sunday, all of a sudden, he didn't he didn't know where it was. He couldn't find it. You know? yeah, all of a sudden, it's time to pack up and go, and he can't find his wallet. 
Like, yeah. like he's yeah. he's done a really good job of somehow piecing everything together, and all of a sudden, uh, his car keys that he needs to get in the car when he gets back to the other airport in Texas can't find them. Yeah, yeah, they're they're gone. They're, they're gone. in the they're in the gorse. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, the conversion rate thing I think is is the place to land for this because, again, like it goes back to Nicholas having 18 major wins and whatever, 20 runners up or, or whatever the number was. Like y- you're not going to win every single time you're near the lead. And I think I think what's really interesting about that is like there's a, there's a chance that with guys like Rory and Spieth, we've already seen – um, like they sort of front loaded their opportunity, like their win rate. So like Rory won like four of the first six times he was really in contention, oh. which is, uh, which is unsustainable. So there's a, there's a chance that we might see a run of like four or five years here where he wins zero of eight. Right. And so then, then his, his win rate would be more commensurate with still historically great players. So like, in, uh, and it's just not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And and same thing with Spieth, although Spieth gives himself more opportunities. So for me, we're going to look back on this and be like, okay, that was one of, you know, however many opportunities he gives himself and ends with seven, eight, nine, six, I don't know, whatever the number is, major wins. Does that, does that sort of how you feel? Or? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the, um, it's, it's the return to the mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Man, but but still, like again, so not all not all opportunities are created equal, and he, he played had so an well. To, he played so well. Yeah, yeah, he he really did, and like, and he sort of did it out of nowhere, and then he played awesome on Saturday, and you're like, okay, well, I I I've seen this movie before. I know how this ends. And then it just never clicked on Sunday. And and I don't, uh, you know, we didn't, I, this frustrated me. We didn't have strokes gain stuff for this, um, for this tournament because one of the themes of the first two majors of the season was guys who were sort of artificially inflating their position on the leaderboard. So Rory goes into Augusta on, on Sunday uh, in second. Well, his strokes gain putting was just not, it, it didn't match up with what he sort of is as a golfer. Like it was way higher than normal. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, well, I don't, is that sustainable? He's not really hitting the ball that well. Same with uh, DJ at uh same with DJ. Yes, exactly. First two rounds, he's putting out of his mind. If you look at the numbers that happened a little bit, I think with uh, Kisner, yeah, you I was kind of tell from like the fairways and greens hit, like he just wasn't hitting the ball that well. I don't know what Spieth's strokes gain numbers were. I'd be interested to see if they were, if his putting was sort of artificially high or like higher than it has been. And, and if Sunday he just kind of regressed a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean a missed opportunity, but one of, I think what will be many over the next five or 10 years. It is interesting. I, there was some like Spieth sort of social media backlash and this is kind of deep down the rabbit hole, but I, I was propping him up as like my pick and like I, I've seen this movie before and all this stuff. People, there are some people that really don't like Jordan Spieth. Wow. And that surprised me. Like people were, were, were like coming at me, but like really angry about Spieth. And I was like, what, what, 
what is this? Like this not a good look last year at Birkdale. Wasn't a good look. I was like, which part? Like the eagle or the three birdies at the end? What? I, I don't know. And then other people were like, well, you know, he's not he's not that great. Like he's and I'm like, he's got like this is gonna be his fourth major at the age of twenty four. Like how how do you not how do you not comprehend the trajectory of of a historically great player? Maybe and maybe people just need perspective on it, but like we are in the middle we are in the midst of someone who could go down as one of the ten best golfers to ever live. Is it possible I, that Jordan Spieth just isn't high enough on uh, the list of favorites from uh, golf's tastemakers among maybe the sub-50 demographic? Maybe, but I think he is high, isn't he? I mean, who, who, who are you talking about? Like social media tastemakers, or like tele, like like personalities on television? I think I think the te- I think the television audience is aimed at an older demographic than what we have on social media. And I think that the yeah. I, I think that the and I think I maybe even made this joke before that like nothing nothing will get uh, the 19th hole at the country club talking like Jordan Spieth making a move because he's an old soul and because a bunch of old golfers love uh, being able to feel like they can connect with someone and all these old golfers with uh, back problems and you know 18 ace bandages as they're walking around uh, the club don't don't see anything they can relate to in Dustin Johnson or Rory McIlroy and they they kind of do with the Jordan Spieth and I I don't know if that's a I don't know if that those those examples are the same as why maybe younger uh, fans aren't necessarily as drawn to Spieth but I have definitely seen among my peer group uh, not there is less willingness to get excited. Like I was, I was hanging out with friends on Saturday night and I was like, I, I think Spieth's about to win this. And they, they were not enthused by the idea. It was much more about like trying to find the, the other golfers in there who might be able to make a move. And I, I, it might be like the, the, the reverse cut of the, the young kid old soul kind of situation. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it, that, that could be the case. I, I don't know. Spieth is, uh, I think he's a pretty galvanizing personality, which to me says that, um, I mean, that's the way I perceive him. Maybe that's my own bias. Maybe I just like him because he's from Texas. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, but he, he seems, I don't know. You get guys that win majors and you're like, Oh, okay. You know, like, like Molinari, he's a good example. Great player. Awesome player. Uh, somebody like, and I think about this a lot. Like why is, um, like if Kevin Chappell won two majors and he had one fewer than Spieth and two more than somebody like Ricky and one more than DJ, like he still wouldn't be a star or a superstar. Right. You, you, I don't would, think. you, you would still have to, uh, uh, tap somebody and be like, Hey, that's Kevin Chappell. Yeah. And, and I don't like, I spend a, probably too much time thinking about why that's the case. Mm. Like, like I, and I don't know the answer. Like, why is, why will Kevin Chappell never be considered a superstar? And some of this is like PGA tour marketing. Some of it is, uh, branding by, by these guys, you know, management team, like all this different stuff. But there's just like a personality it factor with, with some guys that there's not with others. And I think that's a lot of it, but I don't know. I, I I still don't have a great answer to that question, but it's something that I think about a lot. 
we're coming into the open, you uh, did a good job of pointing out that while our early pre-research takes were that this might not be the time for Rory, um, uh, you know, a, a deep dive shows that that basically in his last and now with this most recent finish, um, his last four starts have been what all top five with like a win, T T five, T three, T two. This is like, and and the funny thing about Rory McIlroy in this particular championship is that I felt like. I saw a lot of missed opportunities. Like I, I watched, I watched Rory McIlroy. Uh, his second shot was going to be from seventy-five yards out. Like he, he just absolutely uh, took a big bite out of Carnoustie, and then around the green, you know, there there were holes where you were just jealous of what he was going to have, and and he wasn't able to convert those opportunities into birdies, or you know, he would three jacket and end up with a bogey, and that's. And that is so funny to go back and look at because he's he's this close, right? Like he's he's this close to putting together a stellar round at any time because even the most disappointing ones are going to leave him in the top five. I got a take for you. I thought that his T2 at Carnoustie, given his recent history, given uh, the myriad questions that Carnoustie asked of players – was as good or better than maybe a couple of his major wins. Mm. Like with the, like that that the, Sunday round, that was that was that was big boy stuff. Yeah. And like I, I know that because I'm with you, like you watch Tiger and you're like, wow, didn't didn't miss a shot. Or he missed like one shot. And then, you know, it, it kind of goes sideways a little bit. And and it felt like Tiger played awesome. And it felt like Rory played just kind of average right. and finish and finishes T two. Like yeah. it was very <laughs> it was very Spethian, which is something that has not you could not say about Rory's game for the last well, for most of his career, but especially for the last four or five years. Like to see him <clears throat> I mean, obviously people know that like every major he's won, he's been double digits under par. To see him kind of just hang in and hang in when, when the scores are not super low was I, I, I was blown away by it. I thought it was really, really impressive. And I thought that he might, I thought his drive on 18 might, uh, like he might use the uh, clubhouse as a backboard. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I, I was fearful. He, and and he he did he he had to pull three wood because I think he thought he was going to put it in the the burn the the second one not the first one right and he he hits three wood and he's just you know Shane Bacon said this on Twitter he's got to put he's got to put that second shot closer on eighteen yeah because you get in the house at seven and then you know Frankie is like oh well Rory's up there I gotta maybe I gotta post something you know whatever he starts thinking about it a little bit. Uh, so yeah, the, the ending was, was not what it could have been, but, uh, he made an up and down on 16. He, he got up and down on 17 and they were just, they were monumental for his round. I mean, I, I just couldn't, I almost, not that I couldn't believe it because obviously he's one of the, you know, most talented guys, if not the most talented guy in the world, but you don't really see Rory grinding out pars to win an open. And that's kind of what he was doing. 
And uh, I thought it was awesome. I've already I've already marked him down for the PGA. It's a wrap. It's over. That's that's happening at Bell Reeve. Yeah, number five. It's it's done. (laughs) (laughs) I like you. uh, I was I was guest hosting in Raleigh, and uh, Kyle came on. I loved how you 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 told (laughs) you said, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry. uh, All the stocks bought up. I bought it up a long time ago." (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I am majority shareholder. Uh, in, <laughs> me and me and Solly, I think, are majority shareholders. Uh, the like, the this in this spot for this spot for McElroy, um, you know, coming off of Augusta, and then here, like we're just we're just in a place where I feel like every single Masters and even at the Open, if watching him, even if I feel like he's not playing well, he's going to find a way to end up in the top 10. Just yeah, yeah, and that, per, that's, for perpetuity. Yeah, that's just talent. I mean, it's just he's the best ball striker on the planet or in the top three or two or whatever. Like the, those guys just, even if they don't make any putts, they're there because they hit everything to and, – and he sort of – he had to get back to that. He wasn't that guy uh, last year. Like he, he, he just wasn't. Uh, but he has been for, for the majority of his career. I, I think, I think his, I think the way that he thinks about golf as a, as a thirty or as a twenty nine year old is, uh, is fascinating. And he's talked about this a lot. Like, and there's this. I think I said this last week. There's a great quote from him in Golf Week about how like 20 or 18 year old Rory didn't want to know or doesn't want to, didn't want to know what 29 year old Rory knows, like just go play golf. And there's, there's a, there's a heaviness now of like, I've got all this knowledge I've got, but I've got all these like scars as well. Um, and so I just think the way that he thinks about golf and I heard, uh, Brandel and Frank Noblo talking about this after, after the tournament was over, but just how he's tried to, change his attitude to affect his game and not the other way around. And I think that that is, um, he's such a, he's such like a reasonable down to earth person that I think it's like, it's easy. I think for like Brooks Kepka to walk to every tee and be like, I'm the best effing player on the planet. And I think that like with Rory, I don't think he really thinks that a lot. I think it's harder for him to think that because he's a more, I don't know, I guess down to earth is the right term. Like he's just a more reasonable person. And so he understands like, Hey, I'm not playing very good. And I might be the 28th best player in the world right now. And that's not good enough. And so to change that mindset, uh, when you are, constructed as a human the way that you are that's really hard like it's hard to be cocky when your personality is not necessarily cocky when you're playing well it's easy to be cocky but when you're not for him it's it's hard and for other guys it's not like dj and kepka and that's why you see them win so often the uh the celebrations were pretty earnest on sunday as he was as he was finally turning things because he had what two bogeys early and was just grinding out pars before he finally turned things around and all of a sudden sort of started to make his move. Um, and by the way, shout out to the soothsayer, Justin Thomas, who um, yeah. at, the, at the Travelers last year get, is just sitting on Twitter and he's like, yeah, I think I think Jordan's going to cup this. And then he holds out. 
And then way before Rory starts making his move, he said, watch out for Roars on the back nine. And sure enough, yeah. he does it. I mean, that's like the, the question is, does does he want to go do that on TV or do we want uh, the, the natural setting of just knowing that JT <laughs> is sitting at home like the rest of us just sitting on Twitter and just firing off takes? Just loving the take life. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, I wanted to ask you, this was something I uh, just thought of. What What is the, for you, you mentioned like in the future, we'll back on the 18 open. What What's the enduring image or the enduring moment for you where you're like, that's what I'm going to remember? Because uh, I think that th- there are a lot of them and they were all sort of of different importance in the moment. So I'm curious, uh, having gotten, I know we're like one day out from it, but just w- what is your enduring image? This is, um, I, I, I will come up with two uh, because the first one is a little bit, I hope not too inside baseball, but um, when when I started to realize, think that it was going to happen for Tiger, I like rearranged everything about my life. Like I was like, yeah. like I need yeah. to, I, okay, I need to run and I need to take a three minute shower right now because if I don't, I'm not going to shower till 10 PM. Like, okay, I need to, uh, you know, get lunch set. I need to do all of these things because, um, if, if he, if he converts on this, then it is all I'm going to be doing and thinking about, uh, for the rest of the day, like well into the evening. And, um, you know, that combined with the, again, just no, you know, texting friends and the, the general buzz that was being created. Um, and, and just the, the theater of it all, the fact that it felt like we were just going from shot to shot to shot. I would, I would say that about that hour and a half where I felt like I was literally prepping my body and my life for, uh, Tiger Woods winning his 15th major. Um, that that's probably what's going to be the longest lasting memory. And yeah. yeah. And I guess, you know, it'll, it'll be a tiger. Yeah. In big, it'll be a, it'll always be in my mind, uh, a tiger woods major and he didn't even win. So, so yeah, it do, you know what? To answer your earlier question. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if tiger woods yeah. wins another major because I'm always going to remember the 2018 open as a tiger woods major. Yeah, I'm with you. I was, te- I was, I had a couple of, uh, meetings at, at church last night and I was texting people. I was like, ah, this is, that might not be there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's like, I, if, if it happens, then we've got like the list of post round assignments was like 12 items long. If tiger wins, and like yeah. three when Molinari won. <laughs> and and two of them were Tiger. <laughs> yes. Like Yeah. Um, so I've got I've got just four quick like on, quick on course ones okay. that I that I thought of. Uh Spieth driving the first hole on Saturday. Oh yeah. That was awesome. I feel, like I, I feel like I remember that because it's just such an example of him picking his spots. Uh he's so good at it. He's so smart with it. Uh, Rory's Eagle at 14 on Sunday uh, was awesome. Uh, just I don't know, it was it was a it was a cool moment. And every you know the last few majors that Rory's won, they've been sort of punctuated by eagles. So we saw 10 at uh, at Valhalla, obviously on Sunday, and then he eagled 16 and 18 at Hoylake on Saturday, uh, two in a row to kind of basically put the tournament away to go up like six going into Sunday or whatever it was. So I got those two tigers wedge on 10, uh, the recoil. Yeah. That, that's that'll endure for me. 
And Molinari shot into 18. I know it's not going to be like the most popular one, but I think that, um, I, I think that you remember like that basically ended the tournament. Right. Because we haven't even mentioned Xander yet. I know. I, I, by the way, my quick, like, 10 seconds Xander take. I think he's like middle class man speed, maybe poor man speed. Wow. Yeah. Is that too hot or too cold? I, I think it's given, uh, I don't think it's given Xander enough. I mean, I know he's the same age as Jordan Spieth, but I, I am treating him like he's younger, even though he's the same age because it's, it is like the, the, the steps have been there for me, if that makes sense. Like the, the U.S. Open, the Tour Championship um, here, and then some of his performances just along the way kind of show me a development that is obviously behind the schedule of Jordan Spieth, but um, that, that says that he's, he, could, he could be like Xander Shoffley, uh, 1.5 major championship wins over under. Uh, he's. Tw- uh, I'll go. I'll go over. But I, I if I set two point five, I'd go under. But I, I agree. I think he can win two majors. By the way, the li- I say this every major. The list of guys with one major is a joke. It's a joke. DJ Rose, uh, Molinari. Um, help me out here. Reed, Jason Duffner, Jimmy Walker, Jason Day. Yeah. I mean, it's Stenson. It's it's a joke. The guys that are going to end their careers out of this generation with only one major. What if DJ only has one, like ends his career with one major? That would be insane, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Of Adam Scott, a, another Sergio. good example from sports somewhere. Because we're it's it's not like we're going to ever uh, forget Dustin Johnson. You know. Like you, right. even if greatest he's, player of all time, <laughs> is it <laughs> Tron? Is that you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I don't, I think that Dustin, how about this? Uh, in back to your theory of like why, uh, some golfers are like treated, marketed or thought of in different ways than others. Um, D- Dustin Johnson is bigger than the course. Yeah. Well, you, you mean bigger than like, like his his persona has outsized his actual performance. What do you mean by that? I mean the the legend of Dustin Johnson and the oh yeah and yeah. the impact and like the interest and the intro. I mean, certainly it's not based on his persona, right? Yeah, like it's no, not. You're right. Yeah, it's it is it's everything. It's uh, it's his time away. It's uh, off course. Uh, reports, rumors, stories, and otherwise. It's Paulina. It, you know, I mean, and and it's all this coming from a guy who is athlete, has an athletically arrogant swing and and sways around uh, the golf course like he's got the biggest cojones on the tour. Well, and and that's that's part of this, right? Like we get so caught. Up. It's such a not to go like Mike Gundy on you here, but like our our society is so caught up in like numbers and analytics and it's like how many how many strokes gained were you better than these 10 whatever like and and i do that i'm maybe the the guiltiest of all but 
like the legend part of it. And I don't mean legend is in like you won 20 majors, but legend is in like, how will people think of you and remember you like that? That matters. Yeah. I, I really, I really think it does. And so you look at like, uh, Jason, well, Jason Duffner is about, you look at Jimmy Walker, who's won the same amount of majors as Dustin Johnson. And, you're just going to, I mean, obviously remember those guys differently because of the way they play and the way that, you know, like you said, the stories about DJ, like that's part of the fun of all of this. And that's always been part of the fun of golf um, because the stories are such a part of the game. And so I don't know. I I, th- I think that that matters. Um, what do you think? in general about uh, the RNA other than the fact that the, they were crooked and didn't give us shot link or play by play information. Dishonest, Dishonest. mainstream <laughs> British <laughs> bureaucracy. That was super frustrating uh, though. It was, it was incredibly frustrating because I'd be grilling you on like, what, how many yards did Spieth have into twelve? And you're like, I don't, I don't know, sixty five ish. Like, I don't know, maybe I don't. He was in the dead stuff off to the right. <laughs> I prob, I put myself in that position, and I, I'd guess sixty five, and probably hit it over the green. Yeah, let's let's get it together, RNA. <laughs> uh, I just coming off. I, I wrote about this for Monday. Coming off Shinnecock, like I just, I'm not convinced the USGA will ever get it right. I think it's just a matter of how wrong they will get it. And I thought the RNA was, was they stayed out of their own way. They let Carnoustie be Carnoustie. It played easy some days. Guess what? That's okay. Uh, it played hard some days. Guess what? That's okay. And ultimately, you let the course deliver you a champion. And I, and I think that. And maybe I'm just juxtaposing the USGA and RNA, but I, I, it feels like the USGA is just so obsessed with like artificially creating this worthy champion instead of letting the thing breathe, instead of letting Shinnecock deliver you a worthy golfer. And I, I just thought the RNA did that. Like the greens were slow. Great. That's fine. Like there's just, they're just slow. Like that's that's what it's gonna be. We're not gonna we're not gonna get crazy here, you know. And the wind blows on Sunday, great. Scores are high. That's that's fine. That's just how Lynx golf goes. And I just I, I don't know. And maybe I'm maybe it's an overreaction, but I just was really impressed by uh, pin placements. They were tough, but not crazy. Um, the course I just thought was just awesome. Like I know people get worked up over it being too brown or whatever. But I just thought it was just thought it was a great tournament. And uh, you're, you're allowing some of the great courses in the world uh, to deliver you a, a worthy champion. And that's what we got with Molinari. The, uh, the compliments for the, for, for the course and for the championship were pretty awesome. And I, I loved having, uh, ha- having the different, like you, you mentioned earlier, like how many different golf courses did they play all in one area? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, we're not, we're not going to get that all the time. I mean, what are you, are you going to, are you, are you going to Bell Reeve? Yeah. Yeah. It won't be, like, it won't be like that. Bell Reeve, Bell Reeve is, is one course. It's one course and, then, and it's going to be on- 103 degrees. 
Yeah, it's well, it's like 108 yesterday in Dallas, so it'll probably be like one. I'm I might not be alive after after the PGA. Can you take Camelbacks, or can you have an intravenous <laughs> uh, like like water just being pumped right into your veins? <laughs> uh, part of that is unfair because we're comparing uh, this land in St. Louis, Missouri, to this, you know land next to the North Sea. Like it's just Lynx golf is partly great because of the way weather affects it. So a little bit of that is unfounded, but I, I just feel like when I'm comparing it to the USGA, Shinnecock is amazing. It is uh you know, it's it's very linksy in the way that it plays. There was wind a couple of days, there wasn't wind. I mean, you, you were basically delivered an open at the US Open and and the USGA tried to still they just messed still messed it up. And it just seems so unfathomable that you would watch an open championship and be like, "Yeah, we prefer the way we do it." we're going to kill the greens. We're going to put the pins in stupid positions. They've got it wrong. This is, this is not as good as our championship or whatever. I don't know if they actually say that, but it seems like they do. Right. Because every year we get some stupid controversy and some of this is perception, but perception is reality. And if this is my perception, somebody who covers it day in and day out, then I have to imagine people who only tune, tune in for majors, it's even it's an even greater perception for them. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We don't need to go on about the USGA during the Open Championship, but I just, uh, I thought the RNA did a great job with Carnoustie. Good job. Brilliant, exquisite form. <laughs> and congratulations to uh, Champion Golfer of the Year, Francesco Molinar. Any, any, uh, I, any other notes from the notebook you want to get out? Uh, well, I was going to ask you what your favorite tweet of the week was. Um, uh, it was Solly doing the Leroy Jenkins for <laughs> uh, Speed's Eagle on number one. And now in game 40 from the United States, Leroy! <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, I mean, the Leroy Jenkins joke and the video that comes with it, obviously he's been around for a long time, so it was a little bit of a throwback, but... It's pretty awesome to even imagine that before he finished getting his name announced, Spieth just stepped up and drove the green. <laughs> um, uh, that was what mine, was your favorite? Mine was uh, <laughs> was Porath saying that uh, <laughs> that Bryson was dressed like a seventy-four-year-old mob boss <laughs> with his tracksuit. <laughs> With his tracksuit and the cap, the whole oh, it was so. And it was, I think it was like two thirty in the morning, which made. I mean, everything was funnier like throughout the week. Uh, poor us, Yorktown tweet was pretty good too. Oh yeah, when uh, when he when it was all the uh, it was everybody around Fleetwood. And it was like yeah, it was like five, Yorktown five, five, five Americans on either side of Fleetwood. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> tough! A hey, tough, uh, tough go of it for Tommy. Yeah, he didn't have a great weekend, but uh, I did uh, add up the aggregate uh, major leader so far. Uh, Patrick Reed, eleven under through three majors. Mm. So, by the way, I'd I'd love to see a a Reed Molinari match in Paris. Oh yeah, ball striking and a few extra pounds. 
<laughs> yeah. Love it. Masters champ, open champ. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tony Tony Finau, another top 10. Jason Day quietly uh, shot one of the like four or five best rounds of the day. Yeah. Uh, I was I was like major champion with a forgettable top 20 finish. Yeah. The only the only yeah. you know, the, the, the only thing that drew my attention to it was Tiger. Yeah, I saw uh Jason. Jason shot a good round today. Just <laughs> caping up for his buddy. And it and like uh you're talking about how we didn't get to see much of Speeth once things fell apart. Like the cameras were showing us more Xander than Speeth from that final yeah. group. Would would not have bet on that. Would not have bet on that at all. But um I'm telling you the and may, is it because of his like diminutive stature too? Why I'm probably considering him younger? Like I'm still well, call, I'm still calling Xander the kid, even though he's the same age as Spieth and Justin Thomas. It's just it's just a. I mean, we've only been Xander's only been in our lives for a year. Yeah, last year's U.S. Open, so 13 months. Spieth has been in our lives for six, five. Yeah. Thir- 13 John Deere was basically the, well, I mean, maybe even, I remember like 13 Valspar was the first time I was like, oh, okay. Because he, he holds out, or I think he hold out on 18 to get like temporary status or whatever. I, I don't know all the denominations. <clears throat> we need to get front of the pod Sean Martin on here to talk about that. But um, that was the first time I remember him and he's just been such a prominent figure for so long. So it seems like he's a lot older than, uh, than Xander. Xander yeah. might be in Paris, by the way. I know. His, his, he's got four top tens this year. Uh, Safeway in the fall. Uh, Riviera, the players. Uh, the U.S. Open. I guess he's got five now. The U.S. Open and the Open. He's he, stellar. He may, might be a big game hunter. Uh, Webb had a pretty good head, like a pretty decent championship he helped him out in the Ryder cup standings too yeah dude i i keep telling you this there's going to be one or two guys left off the Ryder cup team for the u.s that you're going to be like wow that guy's not going i'm afraid it's going to be kuchar it might be yeah that's that's what like as as i was continuing to like run sort of count everything up and and look at it and because kuchar because kuchar was in like a decent position but was it was he playing with rory yeah, on yeah. Sunday. That was another one where, you know, the like one one golfer went one way, one went the other. Like Rory made a charge up, Kucher just couldn't get anything to go. So your top twelve right now is Kepka, DJ, Reed, Tom, uh, JT, Bubba, Spieth is sixth, which is crazy. Uh, Fowler, Webb. So those are all auto, and then you got Bryson, Phil, Xander, and Kucher. <clears throat> no fee now. Yeah. Who's finished in the top 10 at all three majors. No tiger. Who's definitely going to be on the team. And, uh, yeah, some of these guys are not, are not going to make it. Like Xander might not make it. Bryson might not make it. Kuchar might not make it. Webb might not make it. Um, it's going to be pretty interesting. And it's, and that's like all going to be, do they continue to, when do they stop, uh, counting the points? I don't know. There's like eight different times they stop counting the points. I think it's after the second playoff event or something. Yeah, I was going to say all this in the like, I'm going to be far more invested in Ryder Cup jockeying position than FedEx Cup rankings when the playoffs when the playoffs start. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
It looks like I don't know. I don't know when they stop. It looks like the the PGA is the end. That can't be right. Yeah. Wow. It's the PGA. Wow. So there's only three events left. Mm. Which, um, which means uh, Bryson might win them all. I don't know. I don't know, man. Losing, <laughs> lose, losing confidence in the mob boss. <laughs> Oh, all right. Uh, hey, th- hey, thank you for like flipping your day and all the hard work. Um, you c- you killed it this past week. So, uh, all yeah, all were, of Kyle's you, stuff. You were on- great. You were great on the live blog. You provided uh, a ton of hilarious commentary just to me personally, which was which was great. Um, yeah, I always I always miss the open week. By the end of it, I'm always like just laying on the floor, staring at the ceiling. Right. Thinking about the El- thinking about the Elmo gif, but in two weeks I'll be ready for three a.m. wake up calls again for next year at, at Port Rush. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, no, you'll be ready for the three a.m. wake up calls for uh, Leg Off National. Oh yes, we get it early. I forgot about that. Yeah, Great call. Absolutely. Uh, he is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Thank you, all of you subscribers, commenters, reviewers, five stars. Uh, because we're trying to give you that five-star commentary. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip.